Welcome to the Change Management Reviews Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. On this episode, our Editor-in-Chief, Teresa Moulton, talks with Deb Peters, the founder of Morgan McGuire Leadership. She also comes with a long resume of change and organizational development accomplishments. I'm sure you'll enjoy today's discussion with Deb Peters. Deb Peters is a leadership strategist, organizational development, OD practitioner, and culture change coach. She is the founder of Morgan McGuire Leadership, a 25-year-old leadership consulting firm specializing in innovative change, strategic leadership, and emotional intelligence. Deb is also co-editor of Practicing OD in the OD Practitioner and chairs the Minnesota OD Network, the state's premier network for OD practitioners. So, Deb, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And I, I'm just excited to, to talk a little bit about OD and culture and change. Yes, very excited to have you here. Um, those are some of our favorite topics at the Change Management <laughs> Review, as you can imagine. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get started, and um, if you could share a bit about how you got into the field of organizational development. You know, I think... Uh, Everyone comes into it just a little bit differently, and I've always been drawn to where the head, the hands, and the heart intersect. So in my MBA program, Teresa, I figured out that they came together in an exciting field called OD. Mm. And it's a field where I've been able to use, uh, I think, what I'll call the big picture thinking mind with an innovative flair. I've been able to use the hands to reach out to help others harvest collective wisdom, and I've been able to use the heart to engage others to selflessly collaborate toward shared goals. So some might call that a defining moment in life. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And um, what trends are you seeing uh, impacting the OD practitioner today in their work? Well, one of those trends that I see is really a proliferation of what OD is. Uh, Since the 1960s, OD has been defined as a planned organization-wide effort that's managed from the top that uses behavioral sciences with the outcome being increased organizational effectiveness and growth. You and I both know we're in quite an age of disruption right now, and it it really seems like there's been many offshoots of OD that may or may not actually be OD. So it can be very confusing. In addition to that, I, I believe that we have three types of practitioners now. We have the OD consultants. We have specialists in the field that are related to OD. So that could be HR. It might be change management. It might be strategic planning. Uh, we also have leaders in organizations that are doing OD themselves. So we have a very diverse group practicing OD. And I think the third one is kind of the fun one. OD doesn't come with a step-by-step manual. So imagine you're bringing your newborn home from the hospital. You don't get a manual there either. <laughs> uh, and I, <laughs> I think, you know, with OD, it's, it's the very... It's dependent on you as a practitioner to identify the unique needs and source the best practices that will best apply to those needs. 
So those are some of the trends I'm seeing today. Interesting. And for some of these um, offshoots of OD, how do you see the change management one playing out? Yeah. I think that the change management is the key piece of what I'll say all change actually happening in organizations. Mm -hmm. So OD has typically been in what I'll say the arena of looking at things from the big picture perspective Mm -hmm. and helping the organizational-wide transformation or growth occur. Mm-hmm. And I see change management right where it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so working arm in arm with change management, change management follows it all the way through to where that actual change flips, you know, and, and it's, it becomes part of the organization. It might be a small change in one piece of the organization. It might be a division change that change management helps with. It might be right there arm in arm, like I said, with OD. So I see it as a very a very essential partnership as we move forward. Yeah, that really helps. I think that's, you know, one of the perspectives that change management folks often ask themselves, um, you know, is really what is the difference between OD and change management? And I think um, your perspective is very interesting, you know, in in terms of uh, kind of the enterprise-wide capability piece in the OD space and then more of the at the helm of the action happening as the change management space. So that's well, and I, Yeah, I think that's going to become even more important as we move into the future. And, you know, I think of even the future of culture change. And you and I have both heard the quote about nothing is permanent but change. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That's true. And, and future culture change is going to result from things that we see each day. You know, our digital natives that are wired 24-7 with unlimited connectivity, mm-hmm. you know, that change in government and financial structures, the effects of globalization that have caused what I, I call fluid work units. We don't know what our work units are going to look like. Mm-hmm. So that requires us as change and OD practitioners to know what system change leaders do, mm-hmm. to really be culture builders and to be innovators. So we need to really focus on increasing the engagement of individuals and teams, help cultures navigate transitions to the virtual relationships, and really help cultures instill collaboration and innovation as business processes, just like hiring, product development, or paying the bills. And I think we do that in helping the cultures change through what what we use, which are cultural inflection points. Mm. Yeah, tell, tell us some more about cultural inflection points and how they impact culture change. Teresa, we can think of them as processes in a culture. Mm-hmm. You know, simply think of a process where we can naturally get a change in direction. Many of them are unique in a given culture. Some of them you see in action every day like the interviewing process, the performance management process, the sales cycle, how we work in project teams. The impact on culture comes when the teams collaborate to develop innovative actions to inject Mm -hmm. 
at those inflection points. And it might help if I, I gave you an example. So, oh, great. For instance, yeah, good, good. So, for instance, think about a natural inflection point being a project team meeting where you're meeting with clients and members of the team that are internal to the organization. The culture change might involve embedding emotional intelligence in the culture. We saw one team actually develop a mobile app so each person could rate the team's use of three emotional intelligence skills while the team meeting was ending. It was innovative, measurable, and a game changer for them. That's great. And, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes you can get a big leap of um, faith and, and a big change by just doing something small but making it conscious. That's, that's really what inflection points are all about, is to, to look at this small piece of the process and think about a very innovative way that you could do it differently and really focus on that small change. Well put. That's great. And so as I'm thinking about the um, inflection points, I'm wondering what works and doesn't work uh, with culture inflection points. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. We can tell you what doesn't work are, are things like copying another's organization's inflection points or innovative actions. So, oh, my gosh, I heard how they did it over at that company. It's going to work here. Not necessarily. You start with a different existing culture than they did. A second thing that doesn't work is um, making what I'll call the simple complex. Remember how we talked about looking at a small piece and an inflection Uh point? There are some organizations that tend to um, get buried in the details Uh and have to document every piece of it. And that will kill your cultural change if you can't work on the simple first, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. The, uh, what, we, what we've seen that actually works are, are having the courage to dive into the existing culture. Mm-hmm. So you have to take a look at your day-to-day activities. You've got to be brave. You've got to determine what actually the inflection points are that touch all employees. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that isn't uh, always pleasant to look and realize we don't touch employees on things that maybe we should be. And the second piece that really works is the commitment to drive the culture change deeper and faster uh, with leadership support, using a team to develop the innovative actions, and then mm-hmm. having the commitment from all to move forward together. So. Those are some of the items that we have seen that actually work and, and don't work. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. I, I think that um, culture change is such an intangible uh, concept that um, it's, I, I think it's a challenging uh, component of the work to really understand, uh, even you know, if it's associated with a strategic initiative and it seems clear what the work process, what the system might be, maybe how roles and responsibilities look for an implementation. Um, but for change management practitioners, then trying to see how does the culture really play a role in this change and in this initiative, it becomes very, um, 
you know, very hard to do that. And so these inflection points seem to be almost like a language or a perspective on capturing that culture. You know, when we work together, OD practitioners and change management practitioners mm-hmm. work together, I think our role is to make the intangible tangible. And yes. the inflection points are one of the tools that can help us do that. Ah, great. That's great. That's actually been my mantra my whole career in change management has been making intangible tangible and making the soft, <laughs> and then helping people understand when the soft stuff becomes, you know, immovable. So um, I'm right there. With I you. love it. <laughs> so you know, when we were preparing for this, uh, you and I were talking about, you know, some interesting questions, and one of the ones that we came up with was, if you had to choose an animal that serves as an inspiration for the culture change work that you do, which animal would it be and why? Without a doubt, it would be the eagle. And ah. there are three reasons why the eagle. Mm-hmm. One is the vision and the view that the eagle has to guide. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that when we guide and lead others mm-hmm. to go the long distance with focus and clarity. That's really mm-hmm. what we do. The second thing that the eagle has is a lot of courage to face whatever, um, I would say, problems or opportunities uh, come to them. And as practitioners, we do the same thing. And sometimes it's storms. Mm -hmm. And the eagle, you know, flies directly into a storm so it can get to greater heights, which Mm -hmm. is what we should be doing as well. And the third one is the eagle has such an effective way to help the eaglets learn to fly. So they honestly load the eaglet on the back, they go up high, and then they just swoop, and they're out from under the eaglet, and the eaglet must do whatever it does. And uh, the parent watches and will come in and swoop underneath and grab them if they're failing. But each time they do this, the eaglet learns more and more about what it takes to fly on their own. And that's just how we help grow leaders who develop their people in the same way. So I think the eagle is just a wonderful, um, inspiring bird for us to to be like. Yeah, I didn't realize that the eagle has learned how to fly that way. So... If you could give one piece of advice to a newcomer um, to the OD and culture change fields, what would it be, Deb? I was thinking about how we're asked to really simultaneously help manage the complexities of a rapidly changing environment while nurturing the people. Mm-hmm. We harness that change, that create that progress, and as we said, make the intangible tangible. Mm-hmm. And I really think that the one area newcomers want to keep their fingers on is the whole idea of cultural neuroscience. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a growing field that uses brain imagery technology mm-hmm. to really better understand how the environment and beliefs shape our mental functions and vice mm-hmm. versa. So how can the how can the brain be changed by culture, but also 
how can the culture be changed by the brain? And I, I just have to believe that it really is on maybe one of our last undiscovered frontiers, the brain mm-hmm. and how it works. And I'm excited about it, spending some time there myself. And mm-hmm. I would encourage newcomers to really help themselves and their organizations out by doing the same. That's great advice. Um, even in the past year, I've seen the writing and the learning uh, opportunities increase around the neuroscience and uh, organizational change. And um, it's just amazing how fast the, the, that segment is, is growing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great piece of advice. Um, what else would you want to say to our listeners, you know, about, culture change, what you've learned, and um, what you think is really important for them to take away from this conversation? I'd say the three things that come to mind is, is that we're in an age that change is not something strange or different. Mm. Change is a capability that we each have to be excited about and move forward with. Uh, Secondly, that said, each of us have to arm ourselves with the skills to do change, accept change, lead change, um, be innovative around change and development, and that takes a commitment to reach out to to grow those skills. And third, look look in places where you least expect to find answers. And let me add a caveat there. I don't mean Google and think, oh, yeah, there's something. There's a blog with no references. Shall I go for that? No. <laughs> I'm talking more, more about look at, look at different parallels, um, types of industries, and see what they're doing that might play out in the industry you're working in. There is so much that can be iterative in our world if we choose to look at it and innovate from a type of template or prototype that we already see, and it moves much faster. I think those are the three things. This has been so great. Teresa, thank you so much. It's, it's just been an honor to be, to be part of the podcast. Yes, thank you as well. You've been um, able to share some really important perspectives with us and Um, help us really get our arms around the culture change concept. So I appreciate your time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Listening to Teresa Molson of Change Management Review and Deb Peters, the founder of Morgan McGuire Leadership. Be sure to check out our website at changemanagementreview.com. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and join us on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.